Welcome to the Goddess Got Goals podcast, episode number 65. OMG, you guys are in for a total utter treat. We are welcoming back the unicorn herself, Brittany Carmichael. In fact, we have an episode of firsts for you. Um, we have the first time we've had a repeat guest. She's that freaking awesome. The first time I'm having a dual guest experience. Yep, two guests, not just one. They happen to be married to each other. And number three first is we have the first warrior god. <laughs> we have the first man um, on the Goddess Goggles podcast. We're welcoming all the gods and goddesses today. Um, and I'm really, really excited about it. In fact, this episode um, is is one of those episodes where you'll get the goosebumps, you will get the answers, you will have something practical uh, to take away, and really is an answer to a lot of questions I get about, you know, what about journaling? Does journaling work? What about affirmations? Do they actually work? Or how do you even make those things work? And what other tools of transformation, what other things can you do that work to deliver on you elevating or upgrading your life, right? If you want to, you know, become the best version of you. So we're welcoming onto the Goddess Got Goals podcast, Britt and Chris Carmichael, the founders of The Elevated Life, and they're a husband and wife duo. They're dedicated to empowering people on the path to transformation, healing, and enlightenment. Chris, who is again our first um, male guest, I'm very excited to have him on. He is such an amazing um, insight and uh, oh, I can't wait for you to hear the information. And he has spent decades of his life studying psychology and personal development. He uses a powerful blend of meditation and hypnosis, which we're going to talk all about to help you to break free of fear and tap into your potential. From seven-figure real estate to yoga teacher and meditation guru, Chris can help you find your inner calm while overcoming any challenge that you're up against. And he has this um, logical but yet calming, grounding vibe, and I just love it. Um, we're welcoming back, as I said, the unicorn herself, Brittany Carmichael, and she spent 14 years behind the chair of her luxury vegan hair salon, uh, where she empowers women to shine from the inside. Uh, and she's the founder of Shine School, an online self-mastery course, creator of Shine from the Inside Oracle Deck. And we're going to talk all about tarot and oracle during our tools of transformation discussion. Um, and she's also a certified yogi. And I can't wait for you guys to hear all about this wonderful sparkle magic and the tools of transformation in this podcast. So if you are looking to transform, to elevate your life, to heal, to be the best version of you, then grab a pen and paper, um, get yourself ready, and also get ready to share this episode out to anybody that you think needs to hear how to up-level, how to be the best version of themselves, how to use these tools of transformation to make them actually work for you. And let's dive into this magical conversation. And we are live. We are on the Goddess Got Goals podcast with my favorite couple. They feel like family. We've never met. The time will happen, I promise you. But I want to welcome onto the Goddess Got Goals podcast, first of all, 
for the first time, somebody's coming back onto the Goddess Goggles podcast. And then secondly, for the first man to ever enter our realm. And also a duo. Wow, so many firsts here today. But welcome the Carmichaels onto the Goddess Goggles podcast. Come on in. Thank you so much for having us. I'm so excited to be back and with my partner in crime. Yes, we love you. We cannot wait to just see what magic happens. Right. And who knows where this is going to go? Because I know the last time Britt and I chatted, we could have been here for an hour. We really did have to put all of our effort in (laughs) to not keep it going because it was just like girls chatting. But I think that's also where the magic happens. But I wanted to reach out with you because I know you guys have your own uh, podcast, The Elevated Life. Big fan. And I had listened to an episode of that where you talked about the things that I call like the tools of transformation. You were talking about things like, you know, journaling and affirmations. But what I really love about you, and I'm going to share this with our audience because I know I just shared it with you, is I feel like you two are sides of my own personality, like (laughs) the two sides of my personality coin, so to speak. Whereas Chris has my scientific, you know, questioning kind of human potential, um, actionable things. And you, Britt, are my spiritual soul sister, unicorn friend, witchy badass vibes, sparkle magic. And I think the two of those things together can just truly help people from so many different angles. So that's why I think it's going to be extra special today. I agree. I think we we are definitely two sides of the same coin, just sharing the same truth and the same wisdom from different perspectives. Perfect. And you never know which way people need to hear things. So that's why I love that. So um, you guys, again, it's first time doing a duo, but you guys are practiced at this being podcast hosts yourselves. So hopefully I'll figure out who's going to say what to who <laughs> and we'll work it out. But I just want to kick it off with I know lots about you. I feel like I cyber you way too much, but I would love for my <laughs> listeners to know a little bit about you and specifically you, Chris, because they've met, you know, they've met Brit before that we will remind our audience about her but tell us a little bit about you well you know i have for my entire life tried to help people come out and be their best selves i I think that watching people sort of show up as who they really are i think the biggest problem that we're facing for the most part is that people underplay how great they can be and they have not gotten out of their own way they have not figured out how to remove the obstacles they have not kind of overcome the sort of childhood stuff that we all learn about ourselves or that it's not really learning. It's what people have told us about ourselves. And we sort of accepted it as truth. And what I've always been trying to do is make people realize like you're so much greater and not that I want you working harder, not that you should be making more money. Although of course, yes, but there's so much more potential and it's more about believing in yourself and more about sort of overcoming all the negative thinking and the patterns. And so my life has been dedicated to attempting to make people who are good and turn them into people who are great. And so that they really feel fulfilled and feel like they're serving their mission. And like, that's all I really wanna do here. Like that's what my entire life is going to be dedicated toward is just taking a person who either sees himself as average or sees himself as not good enough and employing a few little mental tweaks. It's not a lot, it doesn't take a ton, but it's a few little mental tweaks to get them really turned on and really get them tuned into life so they can open their heart and feel like, you know what? I do serve a purpose here. And you know, it's greater than what I thought it was before. Awesome. I think I had goosebumps about four times in the middle of that. And the thing that sprung to my mind is my newest little phrase, which is superheroes, not superhumans. Like I want people to be the best version of themselves. But as you said, it's not about 
massive big changes or big you know we want you to be the most successful and burn yourself or any of these things it's just yeah. that sense of the best version of ourselves so yay oh i'm so excited so i can't wait to hear your thoughts on this particular topic of the the tools of transformation and also brit so tell give us give us a little bit of that unicorn sparkle and tell us um all about you in respect to what we're going to be talking about today so tell yeah. me a little bit about that Perfect. Thank you so much. And again, thank you for having me back. I love spreading the sparkle magic. For the last 15 years, I've worked behind the chair at my luxury vegan hair salon, specializing in creating internal and external transformations. Of course, it started externally where I just made women look beautiful, but I found that that wasn't enough to build their confidence and help them really love themselves. So um, along the way, I started coaching and empowering women from the inside out so that they could reclaim their power and get over the fear that stopped them from shining their light. And uh, about six years ago, I stepped out from behind the chair to really share that sparkle magic with the world. And now I host women's goddess retreats and we're actually hosting couples retreats this year as well. So retreats and coaching are where I've really um, spent my time in helping the world find their sparkle magic. Uh, again, I saw the, about the couples retreat and I'm like, I actually went and again stalked your other recent <laughs> retreat going it's on a bucket list when the, when the world allows me to travel we will we'll make it happen for sure so you guys will totally you need to go and check that out um okay so let's open this the, i don't want to say a can of worms because that has a negative connotation but let's let's open this chest of discovery and i want to talk about um this concept of the tools of transformation which i think chris hit on there which is about understanding the little it's like little mental shifts or little little things to help you with regards to uh how you think uh which in turn can lead to how you behave how you act or how you take action towards being the person that you want to be and also helping you to alleviate the things like how to boost the confidence how to to um overcome those fears right so it's a combination of both of what you've just said there so i'd love to hear your own specific experience and what you've noticed with your own clients of like these particular tools like what has worked for you what have you seen work for them and also maybe where people get it wrong or common you know myths or, or mistakes that people make who yeah. wants to go first uh, well, I would say that the biggest tool of transformation that has worked in both of our lives and all of our clients' lives is what Chris has been doing for the last 22 plus years. And that is using hypnosis to rewire the subconscious mind to make those small shifts. You say we're making small shifts, but what the hell does that even mean? Like, what do you mean make small shifts? Like I, I've always thought this way. Well, it's about thinking and acting in a new way. And the only way you can do that is to get to where the program is stored. So if you want to change the pattern you've got to get to the root and we found that hypnosis is the fastest way to get there yeah you know i i started off looking at people who had addictions um there's several people family members of mine that had drug addictions alcohol um you know uh, narcotics and stuff like that and i was thinking like how can i help these people like what can i do what is the way that i can show up and be able to serve these people because like hell eventually there's going to sort of flush themselves down the toilet i mean anyone who's dealt with addiction and tried to overcome that it's not something that's easy and most of the modalities that we have aren't very great i mean there's there's so many things out there but so few of them actually work and so like like uh like you said i am the researcher like i am always looking at the data trying to figure out like what is the what's the how can i build a better mousetrap and one of the things that i stumbled into strangely enough was hypnosis and i was like there's no way this is going to work this is total crap i mean when you even think about hypnosis it just sounds like hocus pocus nonsense 
But the data that I saw was from a uh, American Health magazine, and I thought it, it intrigued me enough to think I should at least try this. Like this should be at least something that I go research and do. So that's exactly what I did. I researched as much as I could, and I tried it. I got some someone who's a a, a living person and not just theorized, but got my family member down and said, "Hey, I want to try and help you with this. I don't know that it'll work. I mean, we're I'm just going to throw darts in the dark, but maybe we can do something." And that person ended their lifelong addiction to alcohol. And it was something that we did in a few sessions. And I thought, what? Like, what? How does the world not know about this? And, and it is like, like Britt mentioned, it is about getting to that program that we have inside our mind. For example, most people that I work with that are alcoholics, and this is like the, the stuff that I did early on, like there's just more fun things that you can do once you get out of just working with people with problems like this. We start to realize that there was a, an internal belief is that that they were a loser, that they that they they'd done something wrong, and that they do not deserve to have a good life. And I found that time and time again when I work people with the exact same thing. And I was like, how do these people believe this thing about them? Like they're so incredible and so loving and so nurturing and so caring, but they could not see it themselves. You know, it's like people that have like body dysmorphia and things like that. They're looking in the mirror, but they're seeing a person that actually doesn't exist. They're not seeing what the mirror is reflecting back. Their mind is actually overlaying on top of the image and they're seeing something that's incorrect. And so that's what hypnosis does is it allows you to sort of bypass what you think you are and let the real stuff come up so that you can manipulate that and then realize that you're not your thoughts. You're, oh, you you yeah. can just play with them, you know? I love that you talked about, you know, even though you talked about addiction, we could put any sort of um behavioral negative behavioral thing in there and stem it back to we all have issues uh, you know limiting beliefs around worth or you know as you say being a loser or negative thoughts or any of that sort of programming which can manifest as addiction or as you say body dysmorphia or a lot of the time i see with women you know not deserving not worthy um, um, and all those sorts of thoughts lack of confidence all of that which ultimately means that they don't start something they don't they can't even start you know to make changes because they can't even they can't even get past that first initial you know uh the first story they can't get past that first story to even think about making a change so this is really exciting because i think what's even more exciting is that there's a self hypnosis part of it so although there are practitioners in the world like yourself and, and things like that there are little steps that we can make from a self-hypnosis point of view will you talk on that a little yeah, I mean, the truth is all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. You can have a guide, but ultimately it's the person's choice to change. I'll never forget when we were going through all of this healing work, um, we were frequent members at this float sensory deprivation tank place. And I got out of the tank and the man asked me, like, how was it? And I told him, my dad started talking to me, like all these crazy things, you know, from, the, from and he's passed over. And he looks over at Chris and he says, what did you do to her? And I remember getting mad because I was like, he didn't do shit. I did it. It was my choice. I chose to change. I chose to heal. I chose to let go. I chose to embody and reclaim my power. He just had the map. And so when you talk about self-hypnosis, that's the only one there really is. The hypnotists just have the map to get you to that place where you can create the change. And it has to be done um, with a willingness. You can't hypnotize anyone who's not willing to change. 
You know, anything else on that? Yeah. So when we're talking about hypnosis, if you have not experienced it before, that's a new term for you, or it's, you've only seen it in comic books and movies and things like that. People like quacking like a yeah, duck. Yeah, then stage hypnosis, which is not what I'm talking about. You know, <laughs> stage hypnosis looks cool, you know, and that's great if you're going to high school or college and someone shows up and you do a bunch of fun things. But what I'm talking about is brainwave states. All this boils back to what brainwave state we're in. And so we normally operate at a beta brainwave state. If you get into flow, that's an alpha state, but there is a more relaxed state. And you've done this, you've actually entered the state every single time you've gone to bed at night and every single time you've gotten up in the morning, you've gone through all the brainwave states that we're talking about. And so what I get people to is theta and, and you've experienced it right in the morning, right in that space where you're sort of dreaming, but you're sort of awake, but not really, but you, you know what's going on. You have this awareness. So it's not like a, I'm knocked out. I'm, I'm totally asleep, unconscious kind of a feeling. It's a, I'm a, I have an awareness and, it, and really it's a, it's a more enlightened awareness because you're paying attention to specific things. And so in that relaxed state, you can make infinite changes. I mean, you can make changes in motivation, changes in how you see yourself as a public speaker, changes in your confidence, literally just, it's like opening the computer and being able to program it yourself. And so that's what we're talking about in self-hypnosis. And typically what you just need to teach yourself, which is why people who are already meditators are normally excellent at this because if you can get to that meditative state, hypnosis is just taking that one step further. You're just having someone who can guide you while you're in that meditative state so that you can make those changes. You don't need the, you don't need the practitioner. It's, it's not something that's necessary. It's just something have helpful, just like you can learn meditation or yoga from somebody, but you can always just practice it yourself. And this is something you can do, you know, in, in the privacy of your own room or, or wherever you want to be. And it's, it's not nearly as hard. Change is not nearly as hard as we've been led to believe. Oh, that one needs a mic drop right there, because literally, you know, I always say suffering is optional. It's one of my favorite phrases, you know, about anything to do with change. But I feel that, yeah, that's what that's another layer of the story, right? That change is hard and this is hard and why, oh, you know, and the suffering part of it. Um, so if someone who has only ever heard about hypnosis from <laughs> the magicians on a stage and now are like have embraced you know a bit of meditation and have started to see these other tools what could be a next you know small step for them to embrace some self-hypnosis what would how would you suggest or what would you suggest for them okay so to do something that'd be really simple if you already have a meditative practice if you already know how to slow down your breathing and sort of get your heart rate there and you, and you come to a space where you're no longer really aware of your body. You sort of don't care about it anymore. Like that's really the meditative state that we're talking about where you just, you have a different feeling. It's not so stressful. Like you just sort of, ah, and there's a moment where in meditation where you go, oh man, I've relaxed. And when you feel that, oh man, I've relaxed before you've done that, before you get into that state, think of one affirmation that you like. Think of one thing that you want to tell yourself. Maybe I'm beautiful or I feel confident when, or something simple. Don't make it complicated. Just one simple thing per session. And once you get into that meditative state, start repeating it to yourself and just say it over and over again with a conviction. Not you don't have to be yelling at yourself, but just just enough. And so in that relaxed state, it will typically bypass the security guard, if you will, of your conscious mind that says, I don't believe that. Well, I've been telling myself I'm stupid for years. Like how I suddenly believe that I'm smart. When you're relaxed enough, your body just tends to go with it because you feel good. You're, there's no resistance. It's like your ego's on break. Yeah, you, you put the ego to the side, you send them off to the grocery store to go pick up some stuff and say, hey, while you're gone, I'm gonna do some extra work here. So you just nice and relaxed and just repeat yeah. the affirmation. Well, we call uh, that voice the inner mean girl because she's always she's always bitching. She's never there to really like help you in any sort of way. <laughs> so we'll send her off shopping 
uh, when you're in that moment. And yeah, there's no, as you say, there's there's little to no resistance and you're adding in an affirmation. So this is a perfect way to segue into talking about affirmations because I know that affirmations, you know, it's a little bit like all of these self-care words and well-being words and they're kind of thrown around. But I'd like to know what you see as an affirmation and how obviously that now that we know we can use that in that that moment of of relaxation and stillness that we can start to reprogram. I suppose that's what it is, reprogram your mind for a positive story or a positive belief. But how what like how do you phrase an affirmation to make it work? Or is there ways that you can do it wrong? Or tell me. Yeah, I mean, my perspective on that is affirmations don't do shit if there's no emotion behind it. We can't just repeat words and say, I'm a millionaire. I love myself, but there's no true belief and energy behind it to support that because emotion is the energy that moves and makes things happen, right? It's not just the words that we speak. Words are powerful, but not without energy behind them, not without that emotive um, belief. So I would say affirmations only really work if one, you're in a relaxed state, like a a hypnotic state. And two, do you have energy and intention behind it that is genuinely in belief of what you of what you want to create or feel about yourself for affirmations to work they need to be rooted in the present moment i am amazing not i will be amazing because if you affirm in the future then you're telling yourself it's always going to be in the future not like one day i'm going to get to that so affirmations to be effective need to be rooted in the present moment as if it's already happened. There has to be energy, emotion, and belief behind it, not just some words that we say. And then what would you add on to that for affirmation? You can't say, so your subconscious mind doesn't understand time. That's why it has to be rooted in the present because it does not get the past or the future. It's like, I don't, I don't know what those things mean. The other part is that it has to be a positive affirmation. In other words, it can't be, I don't like eating ice cream all the time. Because all your brain will think about is eating ice cream all the time. Here's oh, eating ice cream all the time. All right, I'm into that. I can. That's I like that part. Butter pecan. I'm in. Okay. For example, don't think about a hot pink elephant right now. You can't help but picture it. You can't help it. You do it, and your brain. That's how your brain automatically works. So when you say I don't want something, you're actually picturing the thing you don't want, and that picture is sending a, a signal to the universe. Here's what I want. Even though we say. We don't want it. Yeah, so this is something that's really important, really in when you get in and out of relationships. So if you're thinking about what you want that next partner to be like or what you want that next job to be like, it can't be like, well, I don't want a boss that's mean to me. I don't want someone who disrespects my time or I don't want someone who will constantly nag at me because you're just focusing on that negative part. And so your brain goes, okay, that's where you're putting the energy. That's where you're putting the emotion. That's where you're putting the emphasis. Let me go out and find that for you because it's perfect at finding what you think about all day. So if you think about the negative aspect of something, or I don't want someone who cheats on me. So you're going to go out and find someone who cheats on you. And your brain's like, look at what I did. We should have a success party because I gave you exactly what you thought you were looking for. Instead of someone, I just want someone who loves me, who's loyal, who's compliment, you know, who will compliment me, who, who, will, who does the dishes, who will rain me in with gifts, you know, whatever that, whatever it is, your love language, then that's what you need to be telling yourself. That's what you want. It's never whatever the opposite of that is. So if you use those don'ts in your affirmations or you use it in the future, don't you're going, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're going to attract it, but not in a way that you want to. Um, what came up while you were chatting about this, and this might be a question for Britt, bringing the girls in here, is that what I find with women sometimes is they find it really hard 
to say something positive that they want. There's like a, a block there from expressing their actual wants, desires, goals out you know, out loud. And I think that they've always felt more comfortable in that negative. So how is there any other way that you could suggest helping them in terms of that? Or, you know, why do you think that is? Yeah, consistency over time. I remember the first time Chris had asked me, do you talk to yourself? No, never. And months and months later, I was getting ready one day and I heard my inner voice say, I'm so fat. And it clicked. I was like, Oh, that's what he was. That's what he meant. I'm talking to myself. And one of the challenges he presented to me, he said, for the next 24 hours, and this is something I teach in Shine School, so thank you for passing that wisdom on. He said, for the next 24 hours, I want you to challenge yourself to reframe any negative things you tell yourself to something positive. So I spent the next 24 hours listening to that inner dialogue. And man, was she brutal. You're fat. You're not good enough. Blah, 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 blah. And so for my recommendation, what has helped me the most is giving yourself permission to tune into that inner relationship. And if she's me, if she is an inner mean girl and not an inner cheerleader, then you have to just accept her. She's trying, she's not a bitch. She's just trying to protect you. She's just doing it in a really fucked up kind of way. And we have yeah. to, we just have to let her know like, Hey, Hey, I see what you're doing here, but we need, we need to shift a little. And so for me, the, the, the simple, but, uh, time, uh, I don't know, simple yet it required patience was just, identifying the negative story I tell myself because you're only as strong as the story you tell yourself. And my story was I'm fat and shifting that story to something more positive. So I chose I'm beautiful. It felt so weird in the beginning. I'm like, this is a lie. This is bullshit. I don't believe that beautiful. What is she talking about? But I can tell you over time and consistency and catching that inner mean girl saying not nice things and telling her, no, this is actually what I want you to say to me. In time, it shifted. Does it happen overnight? Hell no. But consistent action over time, speaking positively to yourself, that will become your new normal. That will become your habit. And of course, it feels uncomfortable if you've been in the habit of 30 plus years of talking shit to yourself that it's going to feel weird when you start being kind. But I can tell you that consistent action over time will always trump even the most negative feelings you have about yourself. Oh, and the thing that you said there, and I have to thank Mel Robbins for this phrase, which is when I catch her when she's having that little, you know, she's ranting at me, I just go, I'm not thinking about that. And I just had the moment of, I'm not thinking about that. And it just breaks the pattern for me to then, if I have the ability to add something positive in, but even if I'm just stopping yeah. that negative in the moment, it's at least breaking that 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 habit of she's, she's going off, well, I'm not thinking about that. And I can add in the, the positive at that point. Sometimes yeah. it's a two-step process, but you know. We oh, hundred percent. Awareness is step one. Okay. Awareness is step one. And the way that I like to stop the negative thoughts is just simply the word cancel cancel nope don't want that (laughs) or if I put something out there if I speak something I'm like oop didn't phrase that in the correct way cancel and just give myself a moment to reorient and and be clear on what it is that I want on the other side of that cancel or yeah or delete or yes yeah any word that's an interrupt absolutely love that love that so okay so we've covered the affirmations and yes I love that sense of you know, the energy, the energy needs to be there. And although the belief from a full belief in it won't always be there, if it starts with what you want it to be, if you want, you know, have that desire, I think that's how the affirmation can get there. So um, 
I want to also just talk about a, a question I get all of the time. And I see you on your Instagram stories because I'm their stalker saying, you know, writing out your journal and you do your, you know, you have your little morning routine. We all have our own morning routines. And for a long while there, when I was part of um, the Elevated Life too, I also used to add Oracle readings as part of my morning routine. Haven't done that in a while. I may be inspired to reconnect to my goddess cards. Um, but I'd love to talk about one, what do you journal? Like, do you journal? Do you, do you believe journaling is, is a good tool of transformation? And then we'll we'll segue into maybe some tools of divination in there too. Yeah, I absolutely love the art of journaling. I put it in module one of Shine School because I asked when I was creating the program, I was asking all of my clients, like, do you journal? What do you think? What are your self-care practices? And I'll never forget asking one of my clients, um, if I added journaling, what do you think? Would you journal? She's like, no, I would never journal. I hate that. I hate journaling. And I was like, mm, module one. Perfect. Thanks for the inspiration. Uh, because I figured if we're resistant to it, we resist the things we need the most. And so for me, journaling is a great way to get out of my head and put it onto paper. When I read back what I'm writing, it's like a different perspective. Like what, what is she talking about? For me, what I journal is I journal the card that I pull. So every morning, my ritual is to sit down with either Tarot or Oracle cards and pull a card and ask, what is my divine daily message today? What do I need to pay attention to? I write down the card and I write down the meanings behind it. How does this pertain to me and my life right now? And if I'm feeling a sense of overwhelm or negative feelings, I'll start writing about that. I feel really anxious right now. I'm really frustrated um, or even gratitude. So it just depends on where I'm at. I like to include what I'm thankful for, what my card is and how that shows up in my life and any questions that I have on things that I'm seeking clarity. I just write the question in my journal and I know that the answer will one day soon find me. So journaling, uh, there's no, and that's the thing I teach in Shine School is that everyone's so intimidated by cracking open that fresh journal and, and you know, making that first mark. And I don't, I want it to be perfect. And so my advice is open up the journal and scribble on that first page, just fucking colors, scribble, write some shit, whatever, dirty up the page, rip it out and then start fresh. Oh, because, you know, if you're anything like me, you buy the journals that are sparkly and lovely and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And now I do journal. So I, I've got over that. Oh, keep it good. You know, I'm going to keep yeah. it good. Like how many journals have have, have died <laughs> in the back of a cupboard because you've never used them and you, you want to keep them good. But uh, I totally get that one. That one I get a lot. But also the fact that you've talked very much about that it's kind of a personal process. You know, you might like I journal about gratitude and I do write out my goals, but my goals change. Like I don't write out the same goals every day. Um, I go with like sometimes I write out what I want versus what I like present moment goal statements. Sometimes I have goals that are like goals, goals, because I love me some goals. So sometimes they're that. Sometimes they're just what the heck am I thinking or what's coming up for me? Yeah. Generally, I always include a gratitude practice because I know for me personally, that has been life changing um, because I have always come from a place of lack or fear. And I think that really transitions me and grounds me. Um, do you journal, Chris? Are you a journaler? I don't journal in the same way that Britt does, but I'm such a prolific note taker and I'm constantly taking notes on what it is that I'm thinking about. So it's not a morning practice for me. It's an all the time practice. I have notes on notes on notes. Yes. It's an I mean, Aquarian cave over here. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's, it is total insanity. I have 
because I always try to sort of formulize everything because I'm trying to make it more simple so that if I want to explain to somebody or teach it because we're, we're doing teaching all the time. And so I'm always trying to think people always ask me, how do you do certain things? And so when I go to do them, I start to like step by step, write it out. And so that's my way of journaling. It's like, what have I thought about and then put into action and how can I systematize that so I can hand it to somebody and say, hey, you try it this way. And if it works for you, please let me know. You know, that's what I'm interested in. And so I just journal and it's different for me because I, I don't pull cards. Uh, Britt will pull cards for me sometimes. So I, I get to be a part of her thing. Normally I'm not, I'm in a totally different room. She gets her whole morning time by herself. But when I do come in there, um, she's like, Hey, do you want a card for the day? I'm like, sure. Let's do that. But, but it's just my journaling typically actually is more for other people. It's, it's more for me thinking about through what, what's been going on in my head and how can I use those things to just help someone else. So it's not like a self-discovery tool. It's more just as a, as a help. So journaling can be for both things. I mean, it's interesting how it, it's, it's such a simple uh, process to use, but it, it can help in so many different ways, more than just you. So sometimes these self-help skills are geared toward helping others, which is really interesting. Which is interesting because you both said both of my processes. And it's so interesting because I was like, yeah, <laughs> I do what Britt does. And yeah, I do what Chris does. Because I always, when I do any process or anything that I ever do in my business, uh, you know, if I'm teaching anything to do with fitness or whatever, I, I learn it to teach it. So I learn it to how can I systemize this? How can I break this down into easy cues? How can I make this easier for someone? And it was only when somebody pointed out to me the other day, oh my goodness, Lisa, you know, you're such a good teacher because you're always thinking about ways to make the person on the other side of that information, are they going to get it? Do they understand it? Is it going to help them move from A to B in you know an efficient and clear way? Um, but for me, as a that's that's how I that's how I get my that's how I get my kicks. I suppose that's my sense of growth and personal development is learning something to teach it. So there you go. Yeah, and yeah, I'm a note taker in all of the places too, to the point where I need to actually start going, do I need a system or do I just need the words to be out there in the world? I'm kind of going on number two. Yeah. <laughs> Systemize those, just leave them there. Just leave them there. I'll look at them again another time, but you know, they served a purpose at the time. Oh, awesome. Well, I just want to wrap it up with my final question, which I think you know, is a little more on the woo side. I think, well, it's, it's all the way woo for me. I always say there's a little woo and then all the way woo. But I'd also <laughs> love to know what, what Chris thinks of this is intuition. And what we what is it for you? What How would you define it? And then talking about, you know, you've already touched on the tarot and the oracle and those cards and the divination tools. Uh, what's the difference and how do you use them, if at all? So yeah. that's Great question. So intuition, definition of that is knowing beyond logic, right? So we're not using our mind to understand things. We're using a different part of ourselves. So intuition for me is being channeled through you, not using any external source. When you think about tarot cards, they're divination tools. They're giving you the guidance from outside of yourself, right? I mean, I guess it's really reflecting the wisdom you already have within, but when you're using something like divination, you're using something outside of yourself as a tool for reflection. Whereas if you're just relying on intuition, there's no tool like journaling or tarot there. It's more of getting quiet, going to these trance states and extracting the wisdom and information from your own self versus trying to use a mirror to reflect that back to you. So divination tools are extremely helpful in developing your intuition, which I always say the tarot gave me the tool to create the language between me and my soul 
um, because that language is different for everyone. As a clairvoyant, if I see an apple, that may mean something totally random than you visualizing an apple during a reading. It may mean health to you, may mean teaching, could be something totally different, right? And so we have to get comfortable in the language that our soul speaks to us in the, in the mental images, in the feelings um, and tool divination tools for example, like Tarot, which is the tool that I lean on the heaviest, um, creates that, I would say, repertoire or um, dictionary of language, of thoughts, of feelings, of symbols, so that when you are without the tool and you get that feeling, thought, visual, or symbol, you know that that's connected to a certain aspect of life so that you can help people, whether it's yourself or others. So for me, I think divination is a tool to help you develop your intuition. I have to say the thing that you said that just spoke to my soul was that divination and tarot is the language that your soul speaks and you're just there to help translate it and try to figure out that language. As somebody who studied languages, that really spoke to me and I was like, that's, that's, that's it. I couldn't, I mean, honestly, Britt, you're amazing. There you go. Oh, <laughs> honestly, just how you did, how you put that together, my thoughts. I was like, oh, I've never heard it that way before. So, oh my goodness, thank you so much for sharing. But Chris, what, tell me, what do you think? <laughs> I think it's really, a couple of things. I think it's really important that if your partner does different things than you do, if they are more intuitive, it's interesting because, you know, a, a lot of our process only came about because we nearly died. I mean, we were trapped on a mountain, got into the mountain experience, almost died. We get back from that trip and Britt goes 100% down the woo-woo rabbit hole. I go 100% down the scientific, that's breath work, meditation, hypnosis, which are all scientific things. And what ended up happening is our paths started to overlap each other. And I was like, oh, so she's saying the same things I'm saying, but in she's saying language. in slightly different words. And what ended up happening is once we had that understanding, and it wasn't like I was ever like, Brit, whatever you're doing is stupid. Like, don't, don't, don't get involved in that. It's terrible. I wasn't that feeling at all. I, I 100% always want her to, to pursue whatever she has the nudge to pursue. But it was an understanding that made it different. And for me, the process of intuition and starting to not have to think through everything, I think we rely so, I mean, here, you know, we always hear like, do not worship like false gods, do not worship false idols. But here we are worshiping the mind nonstop. And we think that logic is the only way that we can come about answers. And it's incorrect. Um, a lot of times that can lead us down some of the worst rabbit holes because <laughs> logic leads to lessons and grocery <laughs> shopping lists. Okay. It's totally true. <laughs> so for me, the way I like to tap into my intuition, the way that I find that it jumps out at me the most are in, are in two places. And I, I use these all the time. I use them for business. I use them when we're talking about our relationship. I use them when we're doing future planning because I don't always, I don't do the logic part until I've already done the intuitive part because the intuitive part is going to tell me the real answers and the logic is going to kind of tell me how to put it all together. That's how I like to use it. Intuition first and then the logic that is in, in water. So if I'm taking a bath or a shower, my intuition is going to be very alive. Says the Aquarian. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then the other part where I like to do it is on walks. We'll go on walks. Yeah. And what I really like about walks is because we'll walk side by side. And so we're not facing each other. This is not a confrontation. There's no conflict. This is not an argument. We're walking together. And in front of us, we're picturing what life or what that thing is going to be like. So our visions can combine. And so when you have a partner and you can do this with them, you're on the same page now. You know, it's not like, well, my way is going to be this way. And, oh, I don't want to do your way. It's, it's not like that. It's like, 
oh, well, let's, let's dream this up in front of us on this walk. Now that we're out here, we're moving our conscious minds tied up to remember to tell our feet to walk and to be able to modulate our breathing. But here we have this other part of ourselves that can come alive. And then once we get back inside the house, we can start to plan for that. Okay, well, how does that look? How do we schedule that? How does that change our daily habits? What do we need to do different in the morning? Well, how does Sunday look different now? Because now we've got a meal prep or now we've got a plan for this kind of thing to happen. And so it's allowing that intuition to be there and then also complementing it with the logic. And I think when you can do both of those combined, it, it's like take the training wheels off. I mean, it, it, you can soar through life so much faster because you are being able to use two extremely powerful tools that are on their own are pretty good, but together, I mean, they're amazing. The fact that even the word intuition is a word that you would keep within your vocabulary as a man, I'm, I'm going down a big generalization here, but this is what I, you know, what I've experienced. Um, obviously, some people call it instinct or other different words or whatever, but I heard it recently explained that, you know, that you, took, you said the word nudge, and I thought that that was a really good way to also describe it. It's that instinct, that inner nudge that's generally driven more by our values, our soul, or, or whatever you want to call that, but that it's easy for you and for me too. Actually, you talked about walking, not necessarily the water as much. I do it when I'm walking or exercising, is I'm, I don't find stillness works, but sometimes movement is better for me to, um, as you say, make my brain busy, trying just to not fall over. <laughs> Yeah. or drop the thing that I can in that moment tap in and listen to the instinct or listen to that instinct before my mind takes over and starts going either into an inner mean girl circle or sticking all the beliefs on things or you know or logicking or my friend used to call it smart ratting so, you know using a smart rat to to talk yourself out of things or to whatever versus finding out what's really important from yeah. an instinctual or intuition base before you add the logic because the logic can talk you out of it it can it can do all of those things whereas you're using it as a tool to okay now we've decided that this is important and we want this how do we then make it more efficient or effective or and that's where logic I think can can work really well but you know logic without intuition is just either talking yourself out of things or making more work for yourself half the time yeah. an, intu an intuition without the logic means that you might not ever get anything done right you might just stay in the land of of um feeling and not doing which you know we all know that if you don't feel like it you'll never do it <laughs> so you know Oh, well, this has been an amazing chat, guys. I really don't want to go, really want to jump into that to that screen and chat with you uh, forever and ever. But what I would love is for people to connect with you a little more and for them to learn about how they can have more of the Carmichael's. So tell us a little bit about what you've got going on right now. I know you're doing a lot more of the retreats and you've talked about your couple retreats, but also let us know where they can find you on all of the socials. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. I think we could talk for ages, honestly. For sure. There's so much to uncover and so much magic to share. But if you want more of our wisdom, then you can check us out at theelevatedlifeclub.com. That's where we host our monthly membership, group coaching, yoga and meditation practices, or you can find us on Instagram at theelevatedlifeclub. And if you want to find us personally, I'm at the world by Brit. And I'm at, hey, it's Carmichael. Yeah. Hey, it's Carmichael. That's it. Hey, it's Carmichael. <laughs>
<laughs> I will make sure and tag you today. Fabulous. And tell, um, just also, I want you to share some of your 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 shine. So uh, we talked about the tools of divination, but my girl got herself an oracle deck. So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about that and where they can get that. And if they want to find out a little bit more about your retreats as well. Yes, thank you so much. So I spent the last decade coming up with all the tools that have helped me transform and loving myself and reclaiming my power. And I turned that into Shine School, which is my online six week program, which I believe you're a Shine Schooler. Is that correct? I think I have. I think I've done some of it. I don't think I did all of it from start to finish, but I think okay. you let okay. a bit of So done. Shine School was created to help women reclaim their power. And what I realized is consistency was really their problem is that they all have the knowledge and they all know what to do and love yourself and be kind and eat vegetables, you know, but <laughs> do it, but people aren't doing it. So Chris asked me, what's the thing that you could like, what could you create that would help them do it? And I thought, well, what am I most consistent at? Because consistency is key in any process. And I thought, well, I'm most consistent with reading cards. So I thought I want to make a fun and beautiful, playful approach to Oracle cards. So one, if you're not on the woo-woo side and you're curious, this is a great way to get introduced without feeling like there's a death card and I have to learn all this weird shit. Um, so I wanted to create a beautiful Oracle deck that was all about empowerment and self-love. And so Shine from the Inside Oracle was created with the lessons that I teach inside Shine School, but put in, into a practical tool so that you had something pretty next to your bed that would inspire you to pick it up and pull a card so that you could search for that clarity, confidence, and empowerment within yourself. Again, as a reflection, these cards are just little mirrors to your soul. So you can check out the shine from the inside oracle at shine from the inside oracle.com you can also do a virtual card reading for yourself over there so if you're curious what your sparkle magic message is then you can do that virtually and then pick up your deck through the website it it is available on amazon so um you can find and you ship you service. ship to the uk right i haven't bought mine yet because i was waiting to see if you were international but you do ship over here right so the amazon.com does ship internationally, but I would be happy to send you one as a gift because you're such an amazing soul and you, you deserve all the sparkle magic. So I, I've got you, girlfriend, but yes, we do ship internationally. If you can't find it through amazon.com, because I know some countries, um, either the exchange rate or XYZ or whatever may be going on with all the things in the world. If you can't, if it's not available, just shoot me an email and we'll be happy to personally mail you one. Yes, because actually I think quite a few of my listeners are part of your Shine Tribe, which is your free Facebook community. I do know because we've done so many collabs together that, you know, there, there's a good crossover there and they they I see a lot of them like and comment in that group, too. So for sure, I'm sure you'll get and you've got quite a big uh, UK and Irish community you've got community from everywhere in there so um i um i think that you'll find that yeah they'll be interested to find out more and so good luck for your your couples retreat and you've got another goddess retreat coming up it is on my bucket list when the world allows for uh, traveling to happen it's on there i was like i looked it up and i was sold at like and then there was a was there a hot tub i think there was a hot tub oh, and then there was a hot tub shoot and i was like oh, and then i was like this is how I want to watch how you run the most amazing retreats and and lead the way because it's on my it's on my vision board to create these retreats too. And when I do, then you can come and we'll we'll you know we'll we'll experience each other's uh, experiences. So oh, very excited! I'm so thankful that you guys are in my life. However, virtually, I still feel very connected to you both. So thank you so much for coming on today and sharing this. So there were some there were some amazing. Um, 
tools, actionable things, and really just breaking down a lot of myths in there. So I hope that our listeners got a lot from it. So thanks again for you guys. Hope to see you both soon and enjoy your next retreats um, moving forward. Thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure. Yeah. I mean, could you hear how giddy I was? (laughs) Literally... I got off of this um, interview and this chat just so giddy, so energized, so excited about things. And this is what I think this podcast can do for you. It can literally give you that boost, give you that zap of energy, help you to feel more tapped into your goals and your desires and the things that you want for yourself, because that's what we want for you here at the Goddess Got Goals podcast um, and help you to do just that. So We are going to share, of course, in our show notes, how you can uh, connect with the amazing Carmichael's, Britt and Chris Carmichael, uh, on social media to find out more about the Elevated Life Membership Club um, and also all course that shine from the inside oracle oh amazing amazing tools of transformation right here so again if this is something that you're like wow that was really good that was really helpful if you know you know others that have struggled with trying to use these tools of journaling or or affirmations or self-hypnosis then please share this out uh, to friends, to colleagues, um, to family members. Uh, Go ahead and just hit that share button if if you're on Spotify. Uh, And if you're hanging out with us on iTunes, we would love it so much if you would take a minute to rate and review. That's how we get found out. That's how we get, you know, for people to find this information and to help the podcast grow. So that would make me feel so grateful if you could do that. All right, ladies. We are going to get stuck into our tools of transformation this week, and I can't wait to hear all about it. Of course, as always, if you want to reach out, you can DM me, slide in there at Lisa underscore Barwise on Instagram, or email us at hello at warriorgoddesskettlebelltraining.com. Can't wait to hear what you thought of this episode. I think I still might be a bit giddy. (laughs) All right. Can't wait to see you. Same time, same place next week. Until then, peace 